Are you guys ready to jump into our new series today? Well, we learned a few weeks ago, and I started this series back uh, in December. This was my Christmas message, Um, but we learned a few weeks ago that God has gifted us in his grace, and there's a rendering, right? There's a verdict over our lives. There's a declaration over our lives that we are not guilty, that we are free from condemnation, free from shame. We are saved, set free, delivered. Amen? There's a releasing. There's a redemption. There's a price that's been paid. Come on, how many know Jesus uh, paid the ultimate price? Through his blood, through his shed blood, there is a redemption, a releasing, and then there's a revealing in our lives that frees us to be the person that God has called us to be. And it's in this place that we realize we are who God created us to be. We said we are as we ought to be, right? I'm free as I'll ever be, and I'm rich in his grace towards me. It's in this place that we begin, when we're in his grace, it's in this place that we begin to discover so much more about his grace. How many know his grace is unfolding? There is so much more to his grace. And what we talked about a few weeks ago, I would refer that as saving grace. Everybody say saving grace. grace. What if I told you that God spoke to me and told me that in 2022 that he was going to grace real life church with gifts that would allow us to do impossible things, come on, that because what people would witness and see, they would see a clearer picture of Jesus than they've ever seen, and they would see Jesus being glorified through your life and our church, and we would see the kingdom expand in our community like we never have in the history of our church How many of you would believe that if I told you God spoke to me and said that? (coughs) Well, he's not only spoken this to me, he's actually spoken to it to all of us through the scriptures. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Are you guys ready? (coughs) In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, (coughs) excuse me. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. How many know we should do things well? If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What's interesting is that Peter talks about this grace as well in 1 Peter 4.10, which sounds a lot like Romans 12. Let's go there, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards. Everybody say good stewards. Of the manifold grace of God. 
If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. A few weeks ago, we talked about God's saving grace. Today, I want to talk to you about God's serving grace. That there is a grace that unfolds in your life and my life in your service to him, not just while you're serving at RLC, but how many know wherever you go. I think it's vitally important that you serve in the local church, but ultimately, listen, this goes way beyond the four walls of this church. It goes, come on, to your job, to your community, to your school, to your neighbors, to your job. Because when you understand how the gift of grace unfolds in your life, listen, you'll never hesitate in offering your life to him in service. When you, un let me say it again, when you understand how the gift of grace unfolds in your life, you will never hesitate in offering your life to him in service. <clears throat> it's funny because a lot of times we get up here as pastors, and it feels as though sometimes we're begging people to serve. Is that right, Pastor Damien? <laughs> like, we're trying to, like, twist your arm. No, 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 like, really, we really need you to jump in. Like, even, to, even, even this weekend with everything that's going on, we, we, we've got people calling in sick, people this, people that, and so we've got a lean crew today. But how do you know we have a lot of gifted, healthy people in the house today? <laughs> that if everybody was activating and functioning in their gift, we wouldn't have a problem today. But see, when you understand how the gift of grace unfolds in your life, you'll never hesitate in offering your life to him in service. And because, and, and when you do, listen, activate your gift, how many know your job can turn into your greatest joy? Listen, grace can turn your job from being a grind, come on, to being all about his grace. You can actually get paid for saying yes to God's purpose in your life. I thought that was one of the greatest things when I got saved. When I became a youth pastor, I was actually like, wait, wait, you guys are actually going to give me a paycheck to work with youth who I love? You're going to pay me for this? You're going to pay me to take them on trips on Friday nights? and amusement parks, and conferences, and conventions, and you're going to pay me to take them to camps? Are you serious? <laughs> Paid on purpose, amen? <laughs> when you understand how grace works in your life, it's the place where you, it, the, the place where you hate to live. I've heard this a lot. I hate living there. But how do you know grace can take the place where you hate to live and make it the no other place you'd rather be? It can make the school that you can't wait to graduate from become the mission field that God assigned you to. And it can make the ministry, listen, that you're involved in or not involved in become so much more meaningful when you understand the grace that's on your life. Everybody said grace given. It leads me to my first point. Gifts are grace given. 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, 
minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Important enough for us to understand this. This might seem basic to some, but how many know sometimes we got to go back to the basics to get our breakthrough? Each one of us says has received a gift. That means, look around just for a moment, each and every one of us in this room have something to give. We have something to give some. You might say, well, I don't have much. Listen, I don't have any talents. I don't have any skills. But that's not what scripture says. The scripture says if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you've been given a gift to do something with it. We've all been graced. Everybody say, I've been graced. We've all been graced with a gift because how many know we've been gifted by grace? This is what's so awesome. Not, not only, listen, do I get set free, not only do I get saved, but listen, I begin to understand the things that God has given me to release to others. This is a powerful thing. And God doesn't want gifts, listen, to lay dormant in your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've been graced. You've been graced with a gift to do something with it. Peter instructs us, minister it to one another. Minister it to one another. I like how the Amplified translated here. It says this, just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability Graciously given by God, I like this, listen, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards. In other words, don't let your gift, come on, go unemployed in 2022. Get that gift a job by serving somebody with it. Listen, there should be no unemployment in the body of Christ when it comes to your gifting. Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him. And listen, God has brought you to this church, and that's why I said in December that you are a gift. Everybody say, I'm a gift. That's right. That's not prideful. That's scriptural. I am a gift. You are a gift to this body. Listen, when you start ministering that gift, the reason why God brought you here, the reason why God moved you to Natomas, moved you to Sacramento, was to release that gift. And listen, that's my job as a pastor. That's my calling as a pastor is to equip you and for, and for you to understand, listen, that the grace on your life has everything to do about releasing, come on, the grace in your life. He's graced you, not to hold on to it, not for it to lie dormant in your life, but to release it and bless other people. I was only a Christian for a year, and the requirements in the two-year discipleship program I was in is that you had to volunteer at the church for three hours a week. And I had a, a teacher, a discipler, his name was Rich Anderson, and he would say this phrase, find a need and fill it. How many know that's just too easy? Come on, we got assessments. 
We got spiritual gift tests. We got books. We got all this stuff. And Rich Anderson said, first year new believer, find a need and fill it. He said, don't ever, don't overanalyze it. He said, don't say I got to pray about it. Hey, man, pastor, what do you want me to do? Just tell me what to do, pastor. Well, man, I really need somebody to be in the lobby and run our bookstore out there. Well, I don't know, pastor. Let me just pray about that a little bit. I don't know if that's what God has called me to do. Well, you asked me that you would do anything. You told me you would do anything that just tell you what to do. And I just told you what to do, but now you got to pray about it. He would say, don't say, I don't know if that's the will of God for my life. Hey, hey, we had to close nursery today, which is a fact. Hey, we had to close nursery today. Somebody called in sick last minute. We couldn't find anybody else. So, hey, we're just going to merge it today. Hey, we really need somebody to step up today. Help us out. Jump in the nursery. Well, I just don't know if that's the will of God on this Sunday, Pastor Dean. At that time, I had no idea what God, what gift God had gave me. In fact, I would tell you, listen, I'm not very gifted. I, I, as a 17, 18-year-old just coming to Christ, I, got to, I didn't know. I, I had a heart for youth. I had a heart for youth because I was one. I was still a teenager. I didn't think I could work in youth ministry. And, and so I just took those words, find a need and fill it. And I said, Yeah. We're going to find a need and fill it. And so me and my buddy Steve, we volunteered for the third and fourth grade boys Sunday school class. And you know what I found out? God gave me grace to teach those young boys. But you know what else I didn't find? What I found out? He didn't give me the patience. These boys were jumping up all over the room. Some of the kids knew the Bible stories better than I did. They said, this week, my buddy Steve, who was raised in church, he said, Dean, this week, you're going to talk about Daniel and the lion's den. I said, well, who's that? He said, just read the story. The boys, the boys knew the story better than I did. And I loved that class because I was learning all the major Bible stories and all the songs, Father Abraham and many son. Man, I was learning, and I was learning that God had graced me to teach in that third and fourth grade class, and this was a, the thing that not only was I releasing my grace, but how many know, come on, God was releasing his grace back to me. You see, sometimes we're so worried about missing our calling, we forget about what matters most to God, and that's our character. See, he said, Dean, I've given you a grace to teach, but, but uh, my grace also has some patience for you. You're going to have to learn to manage these boys in this class. Man, we were sitting, we thought this one, we like, we didn't know what was going on with this one kid. His name was Eric Newald. Eric Newald was all over, he was bouncing all over the place. 
I mean, just he would just get up and he would start jumping on chairs, start doing everything, and we would send him back to the sanctuary. We don't know what's going on in his home. What is going on? This kid, he is, must come from a dysfunctional background. We found out a few weeks later, hey, you can't keep sending Eric back into the sanctuary with his parents. They're elders on the board. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, listen, I was finding out that God had graced me to teach but God was also developing patience in my life, giving me a love for people, giving me a love for, for boys and to teach and to disciple. You see, it makes no sense to pursue a calling your character can't sustain. And sometimes, listen, we're shying away from assignments that God wants to use to align our hearts. Come on, not with just his purpose and his plan. Hello, but with his purity, come on, with his holiness, come with who he is. He wants to develop. He not only wants to use us, nobody likes to be used. Nobody, I'm talking used and abused, right? And this is so many people's story in church. They, nobody likes this feeling of being used and abused and like, thank you very much. And a lot of times, this is people experience. But how many know, listen, God wants to develop you for the dream. He wants to develop you for the vision. And sometimes, listen, we're avoiding assignments that God wants to use to bring us into alignment. Alignment with his character of who he is. Sometimes, there were things, there's so many things I said yes to that I didn't want. When I was a youth pastor... Can I just be honest here? They didn't tell me that when I said yes to be a youth pastor early on, that would mean I would be saying yes to janitorial when they needed it. Come on. Locking up the building when everybody left. Come on, stacking chairs when there was an event the next day. Come on, I was like, where's the job description? I don't see any of this stuff. And Jesus said, oh, I got a job description. I, I have a description of everything that I want to build in your life. And see, so many times, listen, we're looking at different ministry assignments as minuscule, and we dismiss them, and if we actually step into them, God would do something greater in our lives. Why? Because that's what God's grace does. You see, it's in offering your life as a living sacrifice in service and worship to God that you discover the will of God. This is Romans chapter, if you jump up a few verses, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You see, the will of God is not always about doing what you want to do. You know how long it took me to get to the place where I'm at today in leading a church? 30 years. 20, 25, because I've been here almost five. 25 years. 25 years of behind the scenes, 25 years, to the point, listen, where I didn't even ever thought I would be leading a church. 
But how many know, listen, God develops us, come on, behind the scenes. And come on, how many know he's the God of promotion? And when he sees, listen, that what he's developed inside of you can sustain the dream that he wants to release through, here comes the promotion. And so many of us are waiting for the promotion. So many of us are waiting for, for the big thing to happen. And God is saying, will you just do that little thing that I asked you to do? Can you just shake hands at the door, do fist bumps or air hugs or whatever you want to do to make people feel welcome on a Sunday? You see, there are times the will of God is what God desires to do in you through service. You see, when I'm actively serving in the grace God's given me, my gift is not only a blessing to those I'm ministering to, now the manifold grace begins to open up to me in ways I never thought or could imagine. I went a little longer on that little point, but the second thing is this, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, you say, Pastor Dean, what is the manifold grace of God? It's a variety of his grace. How many thankful there is a variety of gifts in this room? Listen, that God just doesn't cookie cutter his people, that we're all unique. This is what I love about our staff. Our staff is so uniquely diversified in the giftings that we have. I'm just so thankful that, not, that everybody is not like me. Could you imagine if we had a church full of deans? That'd be super vanilla, y'all. I'm just saying. Super vanilla. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Some of us are wondering why we're stuck in our walk with God, why he hasn't opened a door. And I'll just say it like this. The issue is not that you are stuck. The issue is one of stewardship. Some of you are wondering how you got where you're at or why your life isn't moving or why the plan of God isn't unfolding in your life. And it's like he's saying this morning, listen, it's because you haven't done what I've asked you to do. First Peter 4, 10b, I'm calling it 10b as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. This is how the Amplified verse, multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, the very gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. You see, stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Stewards are managers or trustees who will be held accountable for using their gift in the best interest of the one who gave it to them. This is the biblical principle of stewardship. A lot of times we only apply this to finances. That's why we do the 90-day the, the challenge. But how many know it goes way beyond the 90-day challenge? We could do a 90-day challenge of service. We really could. 90-day challenges. Listen, we guarantee... Although we can't give you your time back. But we, I, I guarantee you, listen, that right now in 2022, I'm living off the investment, listen, that I invested way back in 1992. Come on, when everybody was gone, 
Come on, when church services were way over, way over, and they said, Deed, we need you to stack the chairs and clean the restrooms. And I was like, but I'm hungry. <laughs> it's like, we need it done by tomorrow morning. We got a, we got a regional minister's meeting. I, and I'm just giving you a, a crazy example. But listen, the things that I'm reaping today, listen, not just in ministry, but listen, in my family. Come on, in my, are things, listen, that I did way back when, come on, that I'm harvesting right now. This is how the kingdom works. But we've been trained in our culture. Again, this is why you go back to Romans 12, 1, 2. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world. Don't be squeezed into the mold. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Listen, don't conserve it. Don't just consume it. How do you know we live in a consumer culture? No, no, God says in, in the face of culture, do the opposite and offer your life. Throw, your, throw everything you have into your gifting and serve others with it. Luke 16, is this making sense to anybody? If you are faithful, Luke 16, 10 to 12, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. This is how the kingdom of God works. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of romance around church planning these days because, you know, social media feeds are, are littered with like guys that are blowing up like Churches are like, you know, like in three years, you know, they're 8,000 and, you know, all these types of things. But the thing that they don't tell you, listen, is that it started in a living room with six people. And it took them seven years, come on, to get to 150. They, they leave that side out, right? Well, look at what we're doing now. Glory to God. But they don't, they don't show you the picture where they were crying and ready to give up. All right. It's not in my notes, but, you know. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? This is a principle. I have ran. Listen, I always, this is one of the things I did as an executive pastor. I always gave my best ideas away. You know, I've been on staff where people had ideas and they said, like they had a trademark on it. They said, I'm not going to share it though, because I don't want anybody to use it. How know if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Come on, you'll lose that opportunity. And so I always gave, this is what I said. You know what? I'm going to be the best staff member, the best second guy that I possibly can be. And every idea that I get, I know it's God-given. I know it's been given to me by his grace. And so I'm going to bless, come on, my pastor with it. Come on, and I would just give it away. Good. Ideas, ideas, ideas. I, every good idea I had, I would give away. I know sometimes it's hard to give away, come on, those things that God's given you. And I would really, and guess what would happen? God would give me more and more and more. Those ideas kept coming and coming and coming and coming. 
You see, we want big things in life with a lack of understanding. It's doing the little things that get us there. And our problem today in a consumer culture is we want the variety of what God's grace has to offer without giving God a place of priority in our lives. How many know the kingdom doesn't work like this? Jesus said, make my kingdom a priority, Matthew 6, and you'll get the variety. He said, seek, come on, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He said, make me a priority, oh yeah, and you're going to get the variety. How many of you guys like variety? See, God wants us to experience the variety of his grace, the variety of what he's gifted everybody with. But guess what? We've got to release what God has given us to one another. Stewarding grace is like GE. It brings good things to life. You guys remember that? How many of you are old enough to remember GE? It brings good things to life. You guys are like, what's GE? General Electric. All right. GE, grace enables me to identify my God-given gift. GE, grace induces me to enjoy, delight, and take pleasure in the gifts he's graced me with. GE, grace empowers me with a unique gift. And GE, grace excels the impact and influence of my gift to do it well and to do it to the best of my ability. And how you know when I do it to the best of my ability, God breathes on it and it's way better than I could ever do on my own. This is what grace does in our life. Stewarding grace allows me to do more than just hold on to the gift. Good stewardship allows me to release the grace-filled gift to you. Good stewardship of my gift allows me to release the grace on my life to others. And lastly, gifts are God-given. So gifts are grace-given and gifts are God-given. Romans 12, 6 to 8. We're going to go back. Again, in his grace. Everybody say, in his grace. I'm going to talk about next week how what happens when we try to operate, come on, in somebody else's grace. Come on, how you know that's strange armor sometimes. I'm going to talk about that next week, but gifts are God-given. God, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, listen, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If you're a gift to encourage others, be encouraging. I, I did all this. Read that again. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Listen to everybody. This is what you need to leave with today. God has given you a unique gift to this body, for this body, for your community, for wherever God has you. He has given you a unique gift to be uniquely displayed wherever he's placed you. God has given you a gift and the ability, but you have to apply faith to activate it. People will come to, all, to me all the time and say, Pastor Dean, do you have such and such ministry? Pastor Dean, do you have this ministry or that ministry? 
I've got a heart for this. I've got a heart for that. Do you have this? And I'll say, you know what? Right now, I'll just take men's community, for example. Right now, yeah, we have a men's community, but yes, we do, but I don't have a leader. Well, praise the Lord. God hasn't called me to lead. I was just wondering if you had something for me. <laughs> Pastor Dean, do you have a small group that so I can dive deep into the word? The word. <laughs> I want to grow in my relationship with God. Well, do you want to help others grow in the relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have anybody leading that type of group, but... But by all means, we'll train you. Pastor Damon will train you. He'll show you how we do these. Well, I'm not really called to lead small groups. You see how this works? God has given you a gift and the ability, but you have to apply faith to activate it. Have you ever wondered why some people maximize their gift? And others just fantasize about the potential of their gift. Man, he's got a killer blog. Man, did you see her fashion blog? Wow. And God's gifted you in fashion. You dress nice every Sunday. You're looking fly. Come on, looking all pretty, looking all cute. Man, God's called me to the, God's called me to this. God, I, I can't wait to the day that God opens the door and registers for a blog for me. You see how crazy that sounds? And then you just get started like my friend Ruthie Ridley did about seven years ago. Started out with zero. Zero. Zero followers, zero anything. And she just started just dressing and 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 blogging about fashion. And now she's one of the greatest influencers in the industry. They're paying her to go to Disneyland with her family in Jamaica and all these crazy places. And all she has to do now is take pictures of her family looking all cute. And listen, she was a registered nurse. She had a good job. But she recognized, listen, that she had another gift. And she said, you know what? This gift was inside of me. And she said, I just had to step out. And now God has blessed me so much. He's graced me so much. This past year, 2021, I was able to quit my job. I love nursing, but I love fashion so much more. I love my family so much more. And we get to do this as a family. Come on, how you know God will surprise you? What's the difference between people who maximize the gift and fantasize about it? It's this, faith. Everybody say faith. It's not like getting a gift where the batteries are not included. God is the giver of the gift, and it comes with the God-given faith for you to operate in it. Why? Because if your gift didn't come with the faith to function or operate in your gift, then you would have an excuse that you don't have what it takes. And God has gifted you. He's not only gifted you with the grace, he's gifted you with the faith to step out and do what's in your heart. And God wants you to step out and he wants to develop the character in you. Listen, he wants to develop everything for you. And this is what the local church is the greatest place to do that, especially with a, with a heart like mine because I don't like to keep it for myself. 
I like to release the gift and launch the gift. And listen, if it's bigger than real life church, so be it. Let it be bigger. Let it be big like Zambia in Operation Idream. Let it be big like Baja Expedition. And let's launch the gifts that God's given you. If you don't know what Zambia is and Baja is, those are our mission bases in Mexico and Zambia. That started out, listen, with a little seed, with a gift. Everybody say a gift. And a faith to see what God would do. Woo, I'm happy. How many of you guys are happy? God told me in 2022, this year was going to be a year of intense happiness. So if I look too intense, it's just because I'm happy, happy, happy. Verse 6. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out, and we're going to talk about all the gifts next week as well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. I know some really gifted people that allow fear to shut down their God-given gift. I know some really gifted people that have allowed hurt to hinder their God-given gift. Well, why aren't you functioning? Why aren't you active? Why aren't you serving the body? Well, you know, I got hurt. I got hurt. And hurt is real. How many know church hurt is real? Wounds are real. I make no light about it. But listen, if it's been 10 years, how many know we got to deal with the hurt? We got to deal with this stuff. Because listen, the devil's got you on shutdown and lockdown, and you're in the same place right now than you were 10 years ago. Knowing you have a gift. I know some really gifted people that have allowed their past experiences to limit the possibilities of their God-given gift. Can I tell you a funny story? You guys might think it's funny. In my 20s, I thought that God may be calling me to be a worship leader. Isn't that funny? I, this morning, I promise you, if we had our regular tech crew back there, I was going to grab the guitar and I was going to close in worship. See? Hey, if we pack out the house next week, come on, man, I'm going to sing. I'm going to close out in worship. I'm going to show you. In college, I had a roommate. His name was Javier Matos. The dude could play anything. When I met him, he could play the guitar, the ukulele. And then when we were in Bible college, he taught himself how to play the piano and the sax in three months. Dude just had an ear. He could just grab it and go. I was like, bro, that ain't even fair, man. But he was my roommate, and he would open up his window. He would throw his legs out. He would grab his guitar, and he would worship. And I would just be like, man, that would be so cool. Now, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't own a guitar. I don't even know if I could sing yet. I'm like, man, I could have this secret life of just me and the Lord and my guitar. He taught me how to play the guitar. But more, more, more importantly, he taught me how to be a worshiper. 
And I don't know, I, I didn't catch, I couldn't play the saxophone in three months. I played the trumpet in fourth grade. That's about as much music experience as I had. But he taught me how to worship. And he would express his heart to God. He would be flowing. It'd be like early in the morning, he'd be like, oh, hallelujah. And I'd be like, yeah. Hallelujah, Lord. I just echo what he was doing. And all of a sudden, I made that connection with the Lord in my own. I bought a guitar, and I just thought it was going to be cool to just worship in my private times with God. And then one day, after a few months went by, that first year, Javier said, hey, you want to help me lead chapel? I was like, say what? You want to help me lead in chapel? Bro, I was scared, you guys, scared. I said, well, you know, this is just for my private time. You know, he's all, no, he's all, you have what it takes. You have, you're a worshiper. That's all it takes. I remember getting, he stood right beside me. We both had our guitars. I had mine way up here back in the day. He was like, he was a cool dude, had like, back in the day, he had the mullet, curly hair, Puerto Rican guy, man, good looking dude. I was up like, hey. And I was shaking. I mean, that guitar was like, I was like, oh, hallelujah, here we go. And he started singing, and I started singing. And this is back in the day when it was like, I exalt thee. Come on, how you know when you hit I exalt thee, come on, the roof opens up and heaven opens up. And I remember entering that place, man, and listen, come on, something happened, man, and all of a sudden it was like I was a worship leader with experience. I was like, I exalt thee. You know, the next thing I knew, they were asking me to lead worship in chapel by myself. Then the worship pastor of the church asked me to lead worship on Sunday night. Then we... Then he was absent on Sunday morning, and they asked, can you lead worship on Sunday morning? I had some good musicians, by the way. I'm just telling you. And did you know this? This is a, this is a fun fact about Pastor Dean. I was hired to be a worship leader for a year at a church in Folsom. But listen, it would have never happened. Listen, if I didn't start cultivating that gift in private, it would have never happened, listen, if I would have said no to Javier about leading chapel. It would have never happened. Javier, I'm too scared. No, none of this would have ever happened. In fact, I've led worship at every church I've been, been at except Jesus culture, hallelujah, and real life church. Faith allowed me to release the worshiper inside me and grace, how many know, made it good. You see, I wasn't the best of singers, but the Lord wasn't looking for the best singer. He was looking for the best worshiper. And that's what God is looking for. God has given you a gift for you to function in your gift. How many know the more unction, the more function? The greater the faith, the greater potential your gift has. How many know people talk themselves out of the gift? And I'm closing, I'm landing the plane. Speaking faith, this is why God gives us faith. Speaking faith expands the possibilities and potential of what your gift can give to the church, the world, and beyond. Stop talking yourself out of your gift and start, come on, activating your gift 
by faith, by faith. One of the things that I see here is an outreach arm. Listen, that is stronger than it's ever been. Now we've done outreach. We've done it consistently. We've been active in our, but listen, I'm believing for an outreach arm. Listen, that is stronger than it's ever been in 2022. And so listen, I know that that is a gift that God has given me, a gift of outreach, a gift of evangelism, a gift to love others back to Jesus. Listen, and I can just tell you this. I've been speaking this for a couple of years. I've been speaking, God, you're going to give us something of our own. And I can just tell you like this, doors are going to open in 2022. You see, with every God-given gift and ability comes a responsibility. And faith not only helps me fulfill my responsibility, it allows me to flourish in the God-given gift. We're going to pick up where I left off next week. But if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership, ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. 1 Timothy 4, 14 and 15. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. How many want to make progress in 2022? Next week, we're going to talk about, listen, in 2022, listen, your gift deserves your attention. In 2022, your gift deserves all of you and what it will take to develop it. In 2022, your gift deserves your best so that people receive the best of God's gift to you through you. And can I just ask you this? What would happen? Because the scriptures already told us, but what would happen if everybody in this room, come on, employed their gift? Come on, gave their gift a job. Come on, how many know it's time for unemployment to Come on, end in the body of Christ. Come on, how many know the world can't get people to work, but by all means, come on. How many know the body of Christ, come on, everybody in the body of Christ should be employed. Their gifts should be employed, come on, to be enjoyed. And this is what God has. Will you stand with me? And will you lift up your hands to heaven? This is how we're going to close today. And just say this, Lord, I offer my life to you. God, as a living sacrifice. Come on, just talk to God, you and him, just right now. God, you know the gifts, Lord, that you have given me. And God, I thank you, God, for bringing me to this place, God, Real Life Church, bringing me to this place in life, bringing me to this place in this season. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would take this gift that you've given me And God, you would give me the grace and the faith, God, to release it to others in 2022. God, above and beyond all that I could ask or imagine. And Lord, I just pray right now, anybody who has been hurt and hindered while serving the body of Christ, Lord, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. Lord, somebody who dismissed you or dismiss them, talk down to them, didn't treat them in a godly way. Lord, we pray for forgiveness and we release them to you right now in Jesus' name. Have your way. Lord, don't let that 
stop the gift that you've given me. Lord, will you do your work today? In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord praise today? Listen, if you need prayer, our prayer team is available, but I just want to release you. I want to encourage you, Lyle Phillips, this Wednesday is going to be awesome, 6.30, and uh, we appreciate you and thank you and uh, love you. Amen? Let's go get them. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that message ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey, to find out more about joining the RLC online family, you can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.